0: Let's pray. Father, I ask that as we uh, launch into this next ten weeks of Rooted, that you would bless both our time in the service together, going through the the different themes of the different weeks, but then also to bless the Rooted groups as they're assembled, that you draw them together, that they would have an excellent time digging into your word, talking about it, uh, sharing about their lives, praying for each other, uh, being outward, fo- <clears throat> outward focus as well, I just pray your blessing on on all of it. so bless us now as we look at your word that we 'd understand it well <clears throat> in Jesus' name. Amen <clears throat> okay, so uh Sunday school kids, I forgot to say this i 'm going to go over the rules of Sunday school. At ten thirty, So at the beginning of your class, is actually going to be up here in the front row. So I could have all kids, like, at 1030 be up here. We're going to go over the rules and then separate you to your Sunday schools, okay? So, otherwise, um, would you all turn to Acts chapter 2? <clears throat> it might be a blessing for me, for someone to get me a glass of water. Oh, Christy's on it. Look at that. How does that even happen <laughs> See, but the problem is I can't read her mind like that <laughs> just just stick it up for you guys out there, all right? <laughs> all right, great one of the things uh that I think every pastor gets to do, whether they like it or not, is talk with people who have wounds from their church experience. And it's not that I enjoy having those conversations, but I do think it requires the right perspective if you're going to talk about that. And I'm not really addressing anybody in this room. you know, I don't have anybody in mind, but... Whether it's from a previous church experience or this present church experience, it's just a reality. Because we sin, there's no church that's perfect, which means there are going to be wounds that come from the church. You won't find a church that doesn't wound people. Now, some churches do more than others. I mean, I understand that. And some churches, as as they drift from the Word of God, will wound more than others. And that's just natural. As you drift away from the Word of God, you're going to drift towards sin. I mean, that's just the way it works. But when I talk to people that, I, mean, I shouldn't even be saying this, because I'm just giving away what I'm, I'm going to tell you if you ever talk to me, you know. But it's okay. Um, but one of the things, when we talk about what happened, to, to whatever happened to you in your church experience, I often hear a statement like this. You know, It's that I love Jesus so much, I just don't like the church. And I don't see the importance for being at the church on a Sunday morning or whatever. Or being a member of the church. <clears throat> and I have a lot of sympathy for people who make that statement. I think I should have compassion because sin is real. It happens in the church. It's the reality of our life. But I would deal with that part, you know, the sinful part that's painful. But then I think there's also this part over here that you can never let go of, and that is that the church is still the bride of Christ, it's the body of Christ. And so we can talk over here about the sin and the need to forgive or confront sin and deal with it and have difficult conversations and, and even how sometimes life in the church does get messy. That's all over here. But over here, this is equally true that, that those sinners are still the bride of Christ that He's transforming to be like Jesus. So then over here on this side I'm going, okay, um, Jesus loves His church. And I want you to love his church. And it's kind of like, if the metaphor of Jesus in the church is the husband and the bride, I'd say this to you. I am sure there are days when Christy doesn't like me. Fortunately, she doesn't tell me that. I'm sure there's days when you don't like your spouse. But I hope that you keep loving them as an act of the will, as a keeping of the marriage covenant, that you say, today stinks, today our, our relationship got really messy. And the things that you said, or the things that you did, that was hard. But I still love you, and I'm still committed to you. we got, we got to deal with this stuff over here, but, but I'm still going to be here. And that's what I want when people think about the local church. It, it can get messy, but I'm committed to it. I'm not going to let it go. I'm all in. And, and I'll talk about the mess, but I won't walk out the door. Now, yes, I know God calls pastors to different churches, and He ca- calls people to different churches. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about walking out the door and saying, I'm just kind of done with the church. I'm just kind of done. I'll do this on my own. It's like, no, that's not what God, how God designed it. So, I'm going to read Acts 2, 42 through 47 today. And I know that when we read passages like the early church in Acts, there can be a very visceral response in our souls where we go, oh, if only we could have that. You know what I mean? If only we could be that. It would solve everything. So, I'm going to read this passage and then I'm going to remind you that there were still Ananias and Sapphira in the early church who lied, you know, that th- there were still problems. They still fought over, should, should new Christians that are Gentiles be circumcised? And there was different opinions about that. That There were still issues in the church. But I'm going to read a paragraph about what the early church was about. It's just a paragraph, just a few verses, Forty-two through forty-seven of Acts chapter two. It's so short, but it tries to give a summary of what the church is at its best. And so that I hope that if someone's talking to you and they say, "What about Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church? You know, what's your church about?" that that you could give a paragraph summary of what we're about. And and. You could mention that ministry can be messy and the church can be messy, but that, you, that your, your statement would be optimistic, that it would be positive, that you'd view the church the way Jesus does. Because I think Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, views church the way Jesus does. It's not perfect, but here is it at its best. Okay? Here's Acts 2, 42. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Who wouldn't want that? Every day people are getting saved. They're praising God both in the temple and in their homes. They're, they're sharing everything they've got. It's like this incredibly beautiful picture Again, I hope when we describe the church, we describe it at its best, and yet I, I know we need to leave room for the reality that there, there is sin. There's still sin. We, we can be honest about that too. What I want to do this morning is talk about Rooted uh, because I believe our, this 10-week discipleship program that we're doing gets at the heart of you know, what church is supposed to be. What are we supposed to be doing here? So uh, there's notes in your bulletin. You can follow along there, or you can look behind me at the screen, whatever works best for you. <clears throat> um, but I just want to walk through the things that the early church was committed to. Here, here are the essentials of, of their church. And then I want to show you how Rooted kind of gets at those things, how, how Rooted helps do those things in the church. Um, few years ago, the Evangelical Free Church Association, our, our denomination, uh, released a vision statement that said, and I'm going to summarize it, we want to raise up one million disciple makers. And rooted is, is this church's attempt. It's an attempt. God has to do the work. God has to use it. You know, It's just our attempt at being disciple makers and being intentional about how, how do you take someone who doesn't know a lot about the Bible and, and help them figure this thing out, and get the essentials of the faith. That's what rooted does. And it's not just a head knowledge thing, it, it, it's an all-encompassing, it's a life thing. And I want to show you that based on this text and based on what we're doing this fall. Okay? So that's where we're going today. Um, let's walk through it. What were the early church devoted to? Well, number one, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to apostolic teaching. So... Um, they had the Old Testament already, but the apostles started writing books. You had Peter writing. You had Paul writing. Uh, you have these different guys that are writing scriptures. And, and and the church is devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to their writings. And, and they came under the authority of that. One of the conversations I had with my family this week was, um, you, you've got different world religions. How do we know that Yahweh, the God of the Bible, is 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 not the same as Allah, God of the Muslims. How do you know that? And one of the answers has to be that how, how do we know God at all? Well, because He gives us His Word. I mean, otherwise Jesus would have had to stay alive for centuries and centuries and centuries on earth. But He ascended to the Father. So now all we have left is the historical record that He lived and that He is God. So... The reality is, we know God through His Word. I mean, we can see the creation, we can see what He made. I mean, that's a whole thing too. But ultimately, you know that God is loving, that He's compassionate, that that He died for your sins, because it tells us in the Bible. We have that. The Quran is not the Bible. Those are two different books. And and, and they're separate. And and I've talked to Muslims, I've talked to them personally, and, and heard from their own mouth that, Jesus is just a prophet. He's not God. And yet the Bible tells me, Jesus tells me, that if you believe in Him, you believe in the Father. You believe in God. He's the only way to the Father, which is a pretty exclusive claim. So we are devoted here as a church to the Bible because it's the only way to know, really, who God is. His person, His character, His working. You can see some of it in nature, but you'll never get enough of it. In nature, we're devoted to the Bible. As churches drift from the Bible, they drift towards error and sin. And so, we'll stay devoted to the Bible, even if it's not popular. We'll keep doing that. Now, here's where it connects to rooted. I don't think you can have um, a transformational small group if there's no talk about the Bible. You know, how does transformation happen? You've got to have the Bible in it. That's what happens. And so the apostles were doing signs and wonders. They, they were authenticating their ministry uh, with, with these miracles. By the way, the other thing about the apostolic teaching is all of these guys died. All of them did. You know, I think maybe except John, who was exiled to Patmos. They all gave their life. They were crucified and thrown off the temple. And you know, they were, they were killed in all sorts of nasty ways. And, and we say they wouldn't do that for a lie. You, you wouldn't die for a lie, and yet all these guys, with the exception of, of Judas, who obviously betrayed Jesus, they were willing to die for the reality that Jesus is God and that He is He died for them. So they authenticated their ministry with signs and wonders, and I would say also with their own death as a martyr, as martyrs. How does Rooted get at that at that teaching component? Well, every single week um, there is Rooted homework. You have five days of readings. You're going to have a journal. Uh, you can pick that up downstairs. It's $15 for the book. Uh, I shared one with my wife, and we did those, those readings together as a couple. That's just how we did it. You could do them separately. That's fine. Uh, and buy two books or however you want to do that. But um, you do five days of readings. You work on a memory verse every single week. So even if you're not doing Rooted this fall... Would you at least do part of this, you know? I mean, be at church, you know, see the themes of Rooted. Uh, Do the memory verse with us, you know? I mean, be a part as much as you can. But every week there's a new memory verse. Apply yourself to that. I think sometimes in the church we relegate the memory verse thing to just a kid's thing. I hope it's not just a kid's thing here, okay? You're going to have to remind yourself of that. I mean, it's easy to get by that because you're not used used to memorizing. Get used to it. Maybe write it in a note card. Stick it on your fridge. Uh, stick it on your computer. Uh, look at that verse throughout the day. Uh, it's in the bulletin, too, if you wanted to see it. So, Rooted is devoted to the teaching of the Word of God. You do five days of readings on different scriptures that you're going to read throughout the week. All right, number two. The second thing they devoted themselves to is fellowship. Um, fellowship, uh, the word itself in Greek, could be defined as a close, mutual relationship participation, sharing in, partnership, even a contribution or a gift. There's this idea of giving to each other and sharing with each other. It's actually an extremely beautiful word, and that's why you see this thing in the Scripture where it says they shared everything. That's verse 45 or verse 44. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. I was in a Bible study once and there was an older gentleman who was um, uh, a Jehovah's Witness. He was in my Bible study. It's pretty cool. And he, he said, this was the first communist church. <laughs> and I said, I don't think that was the point, you know. It wasn't a government thing. It was just, I love you, and I want to share my stuff with you, you know. It, it, it was this beautiful picture of, if we're brothers and sisters and we're family, then that means we're part of a fellowship. And if we're part of a fellowship, that means we share stuff together. It's just the way it goes. My stuff is your stuff. I've heard of pastors that say, I don't have a life insurance policy. I've got so-and-so in the church that's got my back if I die. I'm going to help my family if I'm gone. And I'm just like, you know, that's, that's great. I'm not telling you to cancel your life insurance policy, but I'm just saying that's kind of a, a vivid picture of I'm here for you. And if something happens to you, I will step in and help because I've got the resources to do that. And you see this kind of sharing in the church. Um, I think what happens downstairs in the fellowship hall after church during the coffee time is awesome, but I hope it doesn't stop there. By the way, if you're a regular here at Three Lakes Church, your assignment is when you go down there to get your cup of coffee or to stand and talk... To look for somebody you don't know yet, and go talk to them, like that—that—that's your assignment. And if you're an extrovert, you have no excuse. God already wired you to do that. You know what I mean? Like introverts at least could say, "Well, it's not me. You know, God didn't wire me. Not like I—I I, I can meet you halfway there. You should still push yourself to go talk to somebody. But if you're an extrovert, there's no excuse for you. You know, you—you've got to go talk to somebody you don't know. That's the church. But I hope, that, and I pray that fellowship doesn't end in the fellowship hall. You know what I mean? Because if, if, if our doing life together ends when you walk out of the fellowship hall, then we don't really have fellowship here. We don't. It has to extend into the community, into lives, doing life together, having people over to your house, having dinner together, talking through life, talking about your, your, your kids and what they're doing. Uh, talking on the soccer field whatever that looks like but but there has to be that relational thing that extends past what happens in these walls how does rooted get at the fellowship thing well in rooted there's a covenant uh, and and during week one you're going to sign that covenant if you're all in and the covenant's going to say I'm committing to being here 8 out of 10 weeks to be part of rooted if you can't do that you're blessed to wait to next year and do rooted next year that's fine you can't do it you can't do it if you need to move something to do it that might be even better you know move something out of your life to make room for this eight out of ten weeks and then the other part of the covenant thing for fellowship in a small group it's got to be confidential you've got to be able to share in your group and know it's not going to go down the road no one's going to talk about it no one's going to say hey we we prayed for john in our rooted group but i need to tell you what john's going through no no John Sheridan is his Rooted group, that's where he wanted it to stay. Keep it there and pray for each other there. Okay? If you say to me, I don't feel connected at Three Lakes Church, but I'm also unwilling to get into a small group, then I say, you'll never feel connected here. You'll never really feel in if you don't do life with other believers. And the way we know how to do that best, to program it, is small groups. Root is a small group. I'm not saying you can't get close with people and have dinners with them outside of small groups. You, know, you can still feel close to people. But I'm saying if you come to me and say, what is the church going to do to help me connect? And I say this. It's small groups. That's it. That's our plan, to connect you with other people. Everything else is hopefully someone invites you for dinner or you invite them over for dinner. Don't ever discount that. Don't be the person waiting for someone to walk up to you. You can walk up to them, you know, too. If you're an extrovert, again, you have no excuse. Just need to say that one more time. Thank you. All right. If you're an introvert, I'm not letting you off the hook either, though. Okay. Uh, One more thing about the fellowship thing. Obviously, the early church was focused on meeting their own needs. Later, Paul would write about not only meeting our own needs, but also the needs of the community, the needs of others outside the church. Rooted does that. It looks outward we want our small groups at this church not only to be focused on each other but looking outwards to the community and saying how can we bless other people look we could start 10 different service projects at this church and do a lot of different things what i would rather do is have a small group that's saying how can we creatively meet needs of those around us if you were at common ground this week as a lady they were talking about some creative ways to love on people in this community In your rooted group, you're going to do that too. And I think it's week six where you're going to be eight, I don't know, something like that, where you're going to be looking outwards. Week six, that's what it is. You're going to look outwards and say, how can we bless somebody else in our community? What are we going to do? And then make a plan. And, And when your small group meets and it's not rooted anymore and it's like some other small group you're in, I want you to be asking yourself, how can we bless other people? This is not just about us. It's not just about us. Okay, uh, we'll keep going. Uh, number three, they, they were committed to, verse 42, the breaking of bread. Now, breaking of bread, I think, is just a euphemism for the Lord's Supper. You know, the breaking of bread. Can you imagine how cool it would be to break bread in the first century? Like, you're, you're sitting there and you're like, three months ago, they killed our Savior. And, and, and we're breaking the bread now to remember they crucified him. Maybe it wouldn't be cool. Maybe it would be both terrifying because crucifixion was a reality that we just don't see today, you know. Maybe it would be both terrifying and yet the most hopeful thing you've ever talked about because he came back to life and you've never seen a crucified person come back to life. And so you're breaking the bread and saying, this is his body. And you're taking the cup and you're saying, this is his blood. And, and it was like six months ago this happened to Jesus, And now He came back to life and He's living in heaven and we're waiting for Him to come back and we're taking communion to remind ourselves of that. Communion reminds us that the most important thing in your life, the most important thing you can ever believe is the Gospel. Jesus died for you. He came back to life. That's the most important thing ever. And we're going to take communion this morning. So let it be this thing where we come together and celebrate that Jesus is alive. It says they had, um, let's see, where do I want to go? Uh, verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. I think the idea is you can't really celebrate communion in the temple because those are the Jewish people, but in your homes, you're believers in Jesus. You can celebrate communion. And so they broke bread in their homes and they ate together together with glad and sincere hearts, that the communion act was causing them to be joyful. They had gladness. They had sincerity. It made them, the sincerity thing is kind of like, I've got one focus in life, and that's Christ, a sincere heart. Not, not divided, not hip, hypocritical, but like one focus. Communion should remind us that there's only one uh, vitally important thing, and that is Christ. And I hope on Monday you say to yourself, I believe in Christ. And on Tuesday you say it. And on Wednesday you say it. That it's not just a Sunday thing. Communion reminds us that the Gospel is an everyday thing. Every single day, my life is about Christ. So we will celebrate communion today, and you will celebrate communion in your rooted group during week 10, the last week. Fourthly and lastly, they focused on prayer. 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 Now, prayer is just talking to God. Uh, and during Rooted, th- there's a lot of emphasis on prayer, which, which, is, which is great. I know not all of you are used to praying out loud. I understand that. You have a private prayer life. You do that silently. Um, let me challenge you, and again, this might be more to the introverts amongst us. If you have a very quiet prayer life, that's still beautiful before God. Because there's a lot of extroverts that talk a lot but probably don't even talk to God that much. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a, it's not a judgment on your prayer life. But if I could ask you just to, to try to do, challenge yourself, could I say a few things out loud in the group, in prayer? Keep it short. Keep it simple. You're just talking to God. You just say, God, we really need your help in this area. And then leave it at that. You know? It doesn't have to be long and flowery and wonderful, you know? I think sometimes when we pray in church, I'm going to pray those longer prayers, and everybody thinks they've got to be that. You don't have to be that. It can be simple. Because God doesn't say, you know what? I liked his grammar. I'm going to say yes to him. That's not, that's not how it works. God is not your grammar teacher. Do we have any grammar teachers here? I love you anyway, but... God's not your English teacher. He's not diagramming your sentences. He, he's just listening and seeing your heart and saying, I, I just saw them saying I need help. I know exactly what they need, I'm going to do it. Let me challenge you to go a little deeper, it not deeper, be a little bolder. That's what I mean. In just saying some short prayers out loud in the group. Now, you're also going to fast. Fasting is feasting on God. In other words, you're saying, I'm going to set aside food for a day so that I can focus more on prayer. In Rooted, there's a day where you're going to fast from sundown the day before to your prayer meeting, uh, whatever day that's going to be. If fasting's not healthy for you, then then, then give up something else. Give up social media. Give up coffee. Oh my goodness. Um, Dirty words. Dirty words. Um, Give up Something. Make sure you keep drinking, though. Stay hydrated. But if you can give up food in a healthy way, then, then do that. Give up food, and then you go into your prayer time, and you're going to have this amazing experience praying with, with your friends. You're going to have about half an hour to 45 minutes of silent prayer time. And then you're going to break your fast at the end of that. Most of you will probably have a meal when that's over, because you're going to be hungry. Okay. Um, so that's the prayer thing. Uh, What else will I tell you? There's also this week in week five where you're going to break strongholds. Strongholds is kind of like places where Satan has gotten into your life and he keeps kind of coming at you. You're going to pray for each other to break those strongholds. That's awesome. It's a powerful week. Look forward to that. Um, In week seven and ten, there's going to be these prayers of blessing where you're going to speak blessing to other people in the group. Like like you're going to talk about like, My spiritual gift is, and someone might say, my spiritual gift is evangelism. And then you would pray and say, God, use them as an evangelist. Send people their way. Bless them. Use them. And you pray that prayer blessing. There's a couple weeks where you're going to do that. So what I'm getting at is, Rooted covers a lot of the basics of the church that you can't always get when you meet as a large group. That's very much more profound when you meet as a small group. But we've got to be committed to these things. Whether you're rooted or not, you've got to be committed. You've got to be devoted like they are. I want to show you what this looks like. Uh, Braden, would you come up for a second? He's weighing the whole sermon. He's been sweating bullets for this moment. Come on up, Braden. All right. <clears throat> All right. So, when you're devoted to something... You'll see that in your life. You see that? See that? (laughs) All right. (laughs) There we go. That was pretty good, huh? (laughs) By the way, the first time I ever wore this tie was Super Bowl Sunday when they played, you know, years ago and won. So if if, if luck was a thing, this would be a lucky tie. But it's not a thing, so okay. Um, So when you're devoted to something, you have to make time for it. You have to make it a priority. I'm not just talking about rooted. I'm talking about... Anything in the church that's important, you got to make time for it. So I just want to show you that that we have a lot of good things going on in our life. There's a lot of things that are important. So um, I want to show you kind of, you know, what kids have to do here, right? School is important. That's number one, right? So put on your backpack. It's full of books. Are you all right? Are you good? Okay. And then there's there's like sports, you know. So you're you're in sports, you know, you're doing soccer. So so sports are important. You know, you got your football. What else is important to uh, a grade school person? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Video games. There you go. All right, all right. But you need video game fuel, right? Fuel for the video games. Uh, Here we go. Ramen noodles. (laughs) I've, I've stopped loving them like I used to, but my kids don't. I mean, they they love them. They just love them there. So you you have to have your ramen noodles. But life's not all fun and games. You got some books back here, um, and and, uh, there's chores to do. So don't forget that. All right, you got to face everybody. There you go. Are you doing good? All right. What else? Um, Homework's important. And are you okay still? I'll go quick. So you got to have a pen to do your homework. You know. So don't don't forget that. Okay. Homework every night homework. And then uh this is computer time? Can you can you do that? Can we? There you go. There you go. All right, you want to face everybody? Now. This is good. This is good. Now. What's the most important thing? Well, the Bible's more important than all that, right? Can you pick it up? You can't pick that up? Are you sure? What if I took computer time away? A little better? Are you there yet? Not quite? What if I took away video game time? And sports! Oh my goodness! Can you do it? Notice I didn't get rid of chores. Okay. <laughs> and ramen. Bible study fuel. <laughs> Thanks, Brayden. To To do this, if you want to be devoted to the Bible, to the teaching of God's Word, you know, devoted to it, if you want to devote yourself to prayer, if you want to devote yourself to the breaking of bread, the Gospel, communion, if you want to be devoted to these things that you know are so important, you'll never get there unless you can let something go. Right? Because for most of you, you'd say, I'm already too busy. And that means you're doing things that are good, but they're not the best. They're not the best. Thanks, Brayden. You can have a seat. Give them a round of applause. Thanks. I put, like, five thick commentaries of the Bible in that backpack. Is your back okay, Brayden? you got a strong back. All right, all right. Good, good. I, I don't know what you should eliminate. Notice I didn't say school either, right? I mean, you got to go to school. you got to do homework. But... But there's some things we could set aside in order to focus on better things. Maybe for this season, for you, that's rooted. Maybe you save it for next season, you know, when we do it in late winter or early spring. Maybe that's the time where you can move some things aside. There's no guilt here. If you're not rooted, there's no guilt here. It just means this is not God's timing for you to do it. Right? No guilt. But maybe God's saying, let's move some stuff aside. Let's make a way for this to happen. And with anything in life, be it Bible study, prayer, something's got to move to make priority the most important things. Two more things I want to leave you with, then we're going to end with communion. Um, in this passage, I also see two other things. I see evangelism happening. Uh, we get that back, the notes back up there. Um, God added to their number daily. If God added to our number daily, I would hope we'd have a way to grow people. Rooted is a way to grow people. And so obviously they were evangelizing. They were sharing their faith and God was blessing it. I'm sure they were praying about it. Uh, In Rooted, in one of the later weeks, there's an evangelism challenge. You're challenged to share your two-minute testimony with somebody who needs Jesus. And then you report on it back to the group that week. You could do it any time in the whole ten weeks, but there's a week where they kind of focus on it. Just tell your story. See how God uses it. See what happens. Um, evangelism. And then finally, last but not least, I'd say worship is definitely happening in this passage. It says they're going to the temple to worship, and it says they're, they're praising God. The idea is continuous praise. They're just, they're just always praising. So whether you're singing in church, or whether you're, you're living for Christ wherever you're at, you're worshiping God. And that, those are the things they devoted themselves to as an early church. Let me pray. Uh, and again, if, if you're on the fence with Rooted, look at your life, see if you can handle that. There's still sign-up room downstairs. This is kind of the last week. If you want to jump in, jump in. If you can't, wait for it for a different time. It's totally okay. Let me pray for us. Jesus, would you bless us today and with, with the ability and the boldness to prioritize the best things. The best things in life. Prioritize you. We can be so busy. Show us what things we need to release. Show us what things we need to say no to. It can be hard. Give us the boldness and, and the ability to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are going to celebrate communion today. A few words on that before we take it.